Welcome in, OUAZ Spirit fans. My name is Seth Asmussen, and thank you for joining us again for yet another edition of the Founders Podcast. This time, a great husband and wife team who have already brought home a national championship in the sport of men's volleyball. We got Kyle and Taryn Steele. Kyle and Taryn, how are you today? Doing just fine. Uh, staying busy. Okay. How are you guys surviving? It's you know kind of a, a new normal per se, even though Arizona is starting to open some things up uh, as of this week. What has it been like to, uh, I mean, your season was cut short, but uh, spend some time, you know, with the family and, and start to revamp for next year. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of our busy time recruiting uh, every year. So, uh, you know, not that it slowed down much for us with the, the phone calls and FaceTimes and all that. And just obviously operating a little bit differently, uh, you know, via virtual tours and all that, but, uh, yeah, I and mean, you know, doing it from home, uh, we a lot of people know or don't know we have four kids at home, so uh, we've got we have plenty to do. Just <laughs> <laughs> busy right now, but it's been good. I think you know, having a big family has actually been a bonus because you can kind of rotate family members. When you get sick of one one day, you can hang out with a different one the next day, and then we've got lots of areas set up in the house to go play different things and. Now keep them busy and occupied for a while. So. Well, that's what uh, talking to a lot of the other coaches who also have children, that's kind of what they said. Uh, you know, kids being homeschooled, how much are you guys involved and who's doing most of the teaching in uh, between well, you two? I'll, I'll leave it to the lady that taught for seven years before this. Uh, you know, not, I try to, I read the email for the place to know what's going on, but as far as monitoring and teaching I, uh, I leave that up to teach over here so. yeah that was my uh, life before coaching was teaching third grade so I uh, when I heard they were going to be home uh, during school I was actually pretty excited I got a, our front room set up with desks and you know books and everything so I've been kind of keeping uh, an eye on their schoolwork and helping them do it for now but tomorrow is actually their last day so they're on summer break after tomorrow any big uh, last day of school plans? No, we're probably going to, our school is in the neighborhood actually. So I think I'm going to have the girls bike up there tomorrow and we'll take the last day of school picture, but with our laptops in our hands, you know, do something to commemorate the coronavirus school year. <laughs> yeah, not only the school year shortened, but uh, a season sort shortened in a season that for men's volleyball um, was off to a really good start, went to the NCCAA National Championship game, a set away from winning a second straight, um, getting off to a really good start in GSAC play. What is your assessment of your season? Um, what would it be prior to everything being closed down? Man, you know, I think, uh, I think the only kind of frustrating part for us is I feel like we were finally starting to hit a bit of a stride. You know, I think we had won nine straight sets and and three straight matches and knocked off a division one out of the conference Carolinas and kind of felt like we had some momentum right into a, uh, you know, getting our season cut short, but no, I think uh, overall, I mean, what were we 13 and five? I mean, that's a, a really solid year. There were four of us in the top 15 in the country in the conference. So uh, being that we were, you know, among those teams, um, you know, being up 24, 22 in the fourth set against Campbellsville uh, in Chicago at the NCCAAs and not being able to close the door and then losing in five was, a, you know, kind of a tough pill to swallow. But I think uh, it propelled propelled us and get, gave us that little extra motivation heading into GSAC play. And I think, you know, for us, and I know for especially the seniors that are, you know, some a lot of them are not going to return next year just because they're older and 
you know, have jobs lined up and ready to move on after graduation. But, uh, you know, for them, we wanted them to experience that conference tournament and uh, not having that was kind of a, a bitter pill to swallow. And especially when we've been on, you know, postseason restrictions for the last two years and not being, you know, being a brand new school and brand new NAI institution. So, you know, finally getting almost a taste of what that conference tournament was going to be like and then kind of getting it cut short was, uh, you know, like, again, it was hard to swallow, but I, uh, I couldn't be prouder of our guys this year. They handled it. Uh, you know, graciously uh, with boys, uh, and they played every point like it was their last. So, uh, and I think it was a good lesson to our younger guys to not waste days. And we talk about not wasting days all the time in our gym and make sure that we take care of today. And that's all we're worried about. And, and so, you know, having that, you know, life lesson come to fruition where literally it became our last day and we didn't know it till that day. Um, you know, I think it was a good lesson for them to, to take forward and, you know, cherish it while you have, spend the time with your brothers on the court while you have, and enjoy every moment of it, even the hard times. So. Well, you mentioned that uh, play every point like it's going to be your last, and um, we at the school knew that the last point of the season was going to occur on March 12th. Um, I know we all knew it hadn't officially been announced yet, but kind of in the office and right. knew that um, within the next by the next day it was officially announced that OUAZ would stop athletics. What was the feeling, not only for your team in the locker room leading up to the game, but kind of when you got in the gym into the building, what was that feeling like knowing that this is going to be it and it's not a playoff situation? It's just this was a scheduled game and this is going to be it. Yeah, yeah I think at the time, you know, they had just put, you know, we're going to stop everything for two weeks uh, and then see. And so that, I think there was still kind of a, you know, maybe a 5%, you know, glimmer of hope there. So I think, you know, we, we didn't really play on that much. I think the guys kind of knew uh, when they saw, you know, campuses start closing and things starting you know, leading up to it. And, we, you know, we had to, had to play Morningside College that night at home. Uh, I think, especially seniors, I think they kind of knew it was, this was it. And so let's go have as much fun as we can. Uh, you know, I think it was kind of a, it's kind of an eerie vibe in the gym. Just kind of felt, uh, you know, different. Uh, you know, and we had a decent crowd. And actually, Morningside, you know, I think was on spring break, so they had a bunch of their you know, road visitors in the gym because they had played you know, three or four matches in Arizona over spring break. Um, you know, and our, and our and our guys played well. I think all four of our seniors or five of our seniors got on the court uh, and got to play most of the match. So I think that was you know the time for them to just spin it together and spend their last you know match together getting a big win in three and then getting to, you know, sit some guys down and play all the seniors and, you know, in the last two sets was um, at least, at least they have that memory. And I think that's what they were. They just wanted to have something to remember uh, this season. By we at least accomplished that, but it was, it was for sure weird. Nothing like I've ever experienced, you know, and um, you know, not too many times you get to end your season on a win either. If you're, if you're competing in, in postseason play, you're either going to win it all or you're going to, you know, you're going to go out on a loss. It was kind of a weird thing to, end your season on a win, but not win anything. So that's uh, kind of a weird deal. Yeah, and I agree. It was a very eerie feeling. I remember after the game, it was kind of, you know, you talk to the student workers and, and the yeah. players and the coach, and you're just kind of like, maybe we'll see in two weeks. Maybe, maybe we'll see you next year. We'll see you when you see you. We'll let you come get your stuff out of your locker when we can. We don't really know. A lot of unknown. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, still kind of a lot of unknown. Um, but for you guys, how are you preparing for the upcoming season, right? Because even though it's unknown, that doesn't mean it's not canceled. So you still have to do your prep. I know you mentioned uh, really heavy recruiting, but what has this been like for you as you begin to prepare uh, coming into next season? 
I think, you know, honestly, it's given us some time to focus on, um, you know, getting to know these guys a little bit differently outside of volleyball. And so, you know, doing our Zoom meetings and, and things and doing what we've done, you know, a book study or two, uh, just trying to pick their brains and get to know them uh, even deeper than we do. You know, we try to get to know them as much as we can through the recruiting process. And then definitely we spend a lot of time together, but a lot of time is spent, you know, geared towards getting ready to play matches and then matches and refining skills. And so, you know, getting, uh, you know, we do a lot of off the court stuff, but getting that extra time to do more off the court character building, um, you know, life lesson type things, I think has been, it's been good, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're just, we're preparing business as usual and we're going to assume, you know, we're scheduling like we're going to, we're going to be playing and it was nice to see the note from the GSAC today uh, come out on you know, social media saying that, they're, that their plan is still the same regardless of what, you know, a couple of the, the California GECO systems and Division II uh, systems are doing. So uh, that was encouraging. I think, you know, I, I think, it, you know, for us, we're just going to prepare like, uh, like we always do and get ready and plan to hopefully have the, everybody here in August and then until that changes we're gonna we're gonna prepare that way. Yeah we're uh, getting ready to send out summer workout packets yeah. and those have been altered a little bit by uh, our coach Hodgson but I think that the boys are gonna take those and see what they can with them and get ready to come in and compete in August. So. You make an interesting point about the workout packets and sending them out and Sometimes over the summer when kids go home, it can be hard to make sure they're doing the packets, right? I mean, obviously, you know, when they come back in August, who's been doing it and who hasn't, but for your team where it's gonna, I mean, you're going to know who's been doing it and who hasn't, but it, it can be a little bit tougher. How do you make sure that you're staying on top of your guys and, and making sure they're getting ready, even though a start date isn't even known yet? How do you make sure they stay ready? Yeah, so, you know, for us, like, you know, August, like, we feel like we have time. So we, we want them to do, you know, what they're asked in the summer. And so we create a Google Doc, and they log their workouts in the Google Doc. Um, we ask them to work out about four times a week uh, during the summer. Uh, and so we can tell who's been logging it, who's the – but we honestly, the first thing we do before they're allowed to play in the open gyms or before they're allowed to do any of our strength sessions, we have a fitness test when they come back in August. So if they don't pass a fitness test, they don't get to play open gyms, they don't get to – do the the day-to-day -day stuff for the team until they pass the fitness test and so I think that that becomes incentive enough because everybody wants to play and especially you know we don't play our first match usually till January and so having that whole semester to, to kind of get ready you know our, I think we'll, we know that we'll get them ready to play by January if you can't get in shape in a semester mm -hmm. give them, you know a couple of weeks even but um, you know, for us, we want, we want to start, you know, building on things and we don't want fitness to be an issue. And so I think that's the best way we, we, that we've done is we just create a fit test. They come in, uh, have to do a, you know, three series kind of circuit of things and, uh, we put times on it and reps and things and they gotta, they gotta be able to pass it before they can, uh, you know, play any sort of open gym and get in touch any sort of volleyball. And so I think that becomes incentive uh, to, I don't get to play if I don't do this, so I might as well work out. We're also in a pretty unique position this coming year as we, you know, we lost a few seniors that were key role players for us. So we, uh, going into this year, we have four question mark spots on the floor. And right now we have 11 new guys coming in in the fall. And so there's a lot of uh, competition that's going to start day one. And so if you don't, take it seriously over the summer and do your job, you're already going to be behind. And um, so that's something that we've definitely been talking and letting the guys know, like, Hey, we got slots open. You're going to have to prove it. Don't so, let your fitness be the issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, obviously losing four seniors and trying to fill four holes in a rotation isn't ideal, but as, as you mentioned, it, it creates a lot of competition and guys are going to be competing at a high level very early. Does that help that guys are going to be competing at nearly a game level speed because they want those spots so bad so early in camp that by the time things get going, there isn't an issue in terms of competition level? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of our, uh, you know, our motto is always compete. And that's what we put on, you know, all of our, it's kind of been our program staple. And we kind of do the Pete Carroll, always compete pyramid and work through that every year. So the guys kind of understand that that's the way we operate with competition Tuesdays, uh, what they are. But yeah, I think, you know, us carrying a larger roster that we do, I mean, we, I think we carry a bigger roster than anybody I know, but um, it, it's not that the tail end falls off a whole bunch. And so, um you know, having that every day, um, it only makes the guys uh, better that have to stay on top and the guys chasing them get so much better quicker. I, we, we've seen, you know, tremendous results out of incoming freshmen that were kind of young, baby-faced 18-year-old guys uh, that come in and, you know, maybe athletic, but kind of new to volleyball still and the mental side maybe behind a little bit and understanding how to, how to be a collegiate player and operate through film, weights, practice go to class and then learn how to compete, uh, you know, in matches. But, you know, we've seen guys that, you know, I think Blake Music is probably one, the one that comes to mind where, you know, he was a middle blocker for us as a freshman. I think he played, you know, 10 points his whole freshman year uh, playing behind a couple of guys, older guys and bigger guys. But he came in, worked his butt off every single day, uh, never took a point off, came in, watched film, extra, came in the office, did extra in the weight room. Uh, he started for us this last year, and he was top 10 in hitting percentage in the country for a long time. So uh, you, can, you can see that growth from being a bench guy to a top 10 in a, in a national statistical category. Is, uh, you know, we're seeing that kind of growth out of our young guys, and we're excited and stuff like that. A good way to spur growth, whether it be again for individual players or for teams, is playing really tough competition. And you don't have to look very far. You get guaranteed games against defending national champions. And top five teams unlike some teams who may not be able to find those games due to travel or you know bigger teams not wanting to play you know lower in for rankings what is that like that the conference you get put in is one that uh, maybe is the nation's best and you got to play your butt off every night it's um it's a lot of fun, but it's stressful <laughs> from a coaching perspective. If I was a player, I think I'd absolutely love it. You know, I think uh, that, and I think our players look forward to it. They, they, we do not shy away, you know, from the competition. And we don't as coaches either, but knowing that, uh, you know, man, this could get sideways in a hurry if we don't take care of business uh, is, is a, it's kind of a stressful thing. But if, at the same time, um, it only is preparation for what's coming. And I think, it, it, you know, our league is so tough and not to mention we, you know, we play three or four division ones every year usually. And so uh, you throw that gauntlet with, uh, you know, if you happen to make it out or you make it out of the conference tournament, you know, one or two and get to that national tournament, you're going to have a chance. And that's, I think that's the, the, you know, the, the silver lining there is, you know what, our conference is brutal and we got to bring it every night, but you know what, if we make it through this, we're going to have a chance to win the whole thing. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of a good feeling knowing that if you can make it out of that going to, you know, it's still in Des Moines the next couple of years, I think, and, and going there and knowing, you know what, if we can beat these guys, there's nobody that should scare us in the entire country. And so, you know, I think we had what one, 
five, seven, yeah. 12, yeah. you know, in the country at some, at one point yeah. this year, you know, four teams in the top 12 or 13, yeah. so. And I would say Menlo was probably on track to yeah, take they, it all this yeah, year. They, they were, them or Grandview were both super strong this year, and they, you know, very rarely are we playing teams at the NAI level in our conference that are beating teams like Cal State Northridge and Dorset, yeah. and it's, it's kind of a crazy thing, so, um, but it's fun, and I think, you know, we, we have to take it as that and we have to take it seriously. But at the end of the day, um, knowing that, you know, we're we're going to operate the way that we're going to operate and, you know, we'll, we'll take the wins, but we, we want to track the progress and we want to peak uh, at the end of March and early April. And that's what we're looking for. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think our track record and our record in March over the last three seasons has, has been my favorite thing about our program is, you know, well, we may have hit some bumps early. We've had some things we've had to figure out, but our record in March has been pretty good over the last three years, and that's what we're looking for. We've seen some teams come into the GSAC as the same time as OUAZ and struggle mightily. Your team, on the other hand, has come in, found wins, found success to the point where you were considered a contender in the GSAC. Why have you um, and your coaching staff and the players been able to get such a successful program off the ground so quickly? Uh, I've had good health. I think that's, uh, you know, uh, you know, the one next to me does a pretty good job with all of our, you know, our online recruiting and things like that. But, you know, even speaking back to my, you know, my first couple of GAs, I hired a couple of local Arizona guys and even back to Kyle Brainerd was my first one. And he kind of opened the door. Uh, we got what, four or five, transfer uh, bounce back kids. So the kids that were from Arizona, you know, went to other schools early on out of their career because there wasn't, I think there was only one, I think Benedictine was the only team playing in Arizona outside of Grand Canyon at the time. And so, you know, their, their options were other places. And so when they found out that they could come home, uh, you know, we got, you know, four or five of those guys, uh, you know, early on, he was a big part of helping me that with that. And then, you know, Taylor Stallman was last year. He's a, he's been a high school coach in the, in the, in the Valley for a long time now. And so kind of plucking some of those local guys um, early on that were you know good enough to play a lot of places and, you know, and a lot of even you know, EIVA, MIVA, Conference Carolina type schools um, and getting them to stay home, uh, I think was, was big for us. And then, um, you know, I think their willingness to compete from right away, I think, you know, we were, we were pretty tough on them <laughs> early on and to see the response that, you know, I think, you know, most people think that first year program that, that there's, you know, hey, it's, you, get, you get to kind of ease into this and we took it as, uh, no, this is, this is your time. This is your, there, there are no, uh, you know, cupcake games. We're not going to ease into anything. And I think we played four division one schools our, our first year and said, this is what it's going to be like get on board uh, I think um, their response to that was much better than I ever anticipated and I think uh, you know all the credit goes to the guys because uh, you know and now we have you know the guys that were here year one are going to be seniors this year some of those freshmen and, and having that leadership in place that had to endure all of that and uh, you know found some success and, and also have been through some hard times too I mean we've been through you know some hard losses at times too and so uh, knowing knowing both sides of that uh, is big and uh, you know, I, I, all, honestly, all the credit goes to the guys, but we, you know, I have good health and, uh, we, you know, we spend a lot of time, uh, you know, focusing on the guys we have, not just the players we have. And I think that that only enhances our experience and enhances the on-court stuff. And so um, if we have the right players and the right guys. I think uh, that's been kind of the recipe for us. And 
we hope that it uh, continues. Uh, you know, even with a bunch of new ones coming in, but we uh, we're really, really excited about the, the incoming class. So I think I probably have a little bit uh, more in depth knowledge of you know the behind the scenes, Kyle. You know, I've watched him since the moment he took the job, and uh, but he's just had a vision um, since day one about what he wanted this to be and what he wanted to build it into and where it could be. You know, three years down the road, I'm, in, I'm pretty sure I'm just sitting there having a conversation and like, this is what I wanted for three years and five and then 10 and then someday I want the court named after me. And like, he just had this vision from day one of what he wanted it to be. And so I think he's just really worked hard to find all the right pieces to fit that vision. And then the guys have completely bought into his vision. And so that's been, I think, our his recipe for success up to this point. Well, you mentioned uh, a vision from day one, and it was a vision that I think a lot of people didn't think they would ever see, at least within the first three to four years. Uh, the OUAZ parking garage recruiting store is uh, one <laughs> that will be a legend. And uh, what was it like when you first saw the gym completed? Obviously, I think all of us got to see it as it was being built. But once you went in there, saw it completed, everything installed, what was it like to know that? In three years, everything that was told to you that would be there was sitting right in front of your face. Honestly, uh, you know, I think, you know, in our minds, we were told these things over time, but, you know, I'm kind of a realistic perspective guy. So I'm thinking, all right, maybe, but it, maybe five years, maybe six. So I, you know, I wasn't in a, in a huge hurry. And, uh, you know, obviously I think, you know, the first time you step in there and you go, Oh, this is even better than I thought it was going to be. And the space in our gym is unreal. Uh, and I think, you know, for us, you know, having that arena floor and then having the separated out, I mean, it's a hundred yards wall to wall. We can set up six volleyball courts at the same time if we wanted to. And I think for us, when I walked in there, I go, this is where it's going to get done. And this is, this is the practice saving. Yes. The weight room's unbelievable and the locker rooms are unbelievable and the offices are unbelievable. And there's, it's, it's such a nice, uh, you know, structure to be a part of, but I think, you know, we walked in there for the first time. I was like, this place was made for practice. And that's my favorite part of coaching. I am, you know, uh, I am a grinder. I am absolutely, you know, something's not going my way. We're going to get in the gym and figure it out and we'll make it go our way. And I think that's, that was where my excitement came from. And yes, you know, having you know, 14 baskets and, you know, the ability to go four full, you know, 96 foot basketball courts or volleyball courts, hosting and tournaments and all that, all that stuff's enticing, but, for me, it was like, this is a place where my guys can get better. And we have awesome coaches surrounding us. So, you know, we'll practice at one time, but, you know, basketball may have practice in the main court, but we can go two courts over, drop a curtain, and my guys can get extra reps if they want. And the basketball coaches are okay with that and vice versa. You know, they can shoot while we're in practice. And, you know, having that awesome working relationship just is going to be so beneficial for uh, not only the guys we have now, but, you know, the, over the over the time of recruiting and, and selling that as, and you have no excuse not to get reps in this place. And so uh, there's, there's plenty of space to go and plenty of times to, to get in there. And so uh, that was what is exciting for me. And, um, you know, being that it was probably two years ahead of what I thought it, you know, eventually would be um, was just a win. You know, I, I, you know, the parking garage, Eichner point up, you know, selling, selling, <laughs> selling these guys that are seniors now, selling them a dirt plot, you know, for what, you know, Hey, Imagine this, and I think probably you know by the about halfway through their sophomore year, like, coach, is this really going to happen? You know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, you know, just be patient. <laughs> the World Canyon High School is not forever, you know. So, uh, 
our our guys love it too. As soon as the governor announced yesterday that gyms could open back yeah, up yeah. today, we had like we three text messages <laughs> that we can get back into Oakdale. Can we get back in? Can we get hold on guys? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. They haven't texted. <laughs> yeah, it must be nice as you mentioned with the practices, you no longer have to wait till eight, nine, ten PM and whole basketball's done by the time you get there in order to get on the practice yeah. court. For those guys who had been been here since day one or even came in uh, last season and played at least one full season at Willow Canyon, what were their eyes like when not only they walked in the gym for the first time and saw everything completed, but also first game night when they saw their faces on the video board and, and everything in terms of game day atmosphere was coming to life? You know, I think it's kind of surreal. We started, you know, we started practicing there, and I think – you know, the only word that came to me is just pride. I mean, and we take a lot of pride and because they've had so little for so long and we finally get things, you know, we don't want to change that, um, you know, ability to be flexible and ability to, you know, take care of things. We don't just want to, you know, trash our stuff. And so, you know, we're very particular about how we set up, take down, count balls, do this, do that. And I think, you know, seeing the guys take their own pride in that and saying, this is my place. I want this, I want this to be nice, not just for the four years I'm here, but for the, you know, 20 years later, I want this place to look the same. And so taking such pride in their, in their school like that and, uh, you know, having that was, was exciting for us to see. Um, and then kind of the game night, you know, I think we, I think we were honestly just really nervous. They like, were like, that's the first time I've yeah. seen us in three years play nervy in a match. And obviously it didn't go well. We played horrible <laughs> against Vanguard. And it's probably the worst match we played in three years. Uh, they kind of shook that off and got over that and played, you know, better later on in the season at home. But it was one of those things, like, that was the first time it was, like, I could kind of see on their faces, like, this is real, you know. And it, it, I think it honestly affected us it, a little differently. And, and it took some time to get used to, and the, you know, taking service with a huge video board behind you and the lights and the intros, and which are all great. And I think we learned how to embrace that and, and turn it into a home court advantage. But, yeah, that first night was, uh, I, I you know, could see it in some of their eyes, like, man, we, we got we to play tonight. And, this is, and I never saw us, you know, kind of be nervous like that. And I think we were. And I think we had a team that was, a, you know, ended up being a top 10 team that kind of caught us off guard. And um, we were ready ready to correct that uh, the weekend that no, our season got canceled. But, you know, it is what it is. So, we fixed it the next day. Right? We fixed it the next day, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah kind of crazy. But it was, uh, you know, I, I think we have the best, you know, home court now uh, in, in the league being, you know, we shut off all the lights for the intros and the guys seeing their pictures up there and watching, you know, this laser show and our warm-up intro. And I think, uh, you know, the more, the more that kind of becomes, uh, you know, tradition, I think uh, it's good. It's just building a better and better home court advantage for us and uh, see more and more fans show up. It's going to be awesome. As you mentioned, the intros are pretty cool. Get to shut the lights off, get the lights in the ceiling moving. Uh, we'll have to talk to your dad, uh, athletic director Kevin Steele. Maybe he'll let us bring in some uh, some flamethrower effects as well. There you go. So, <laughs> so yeah, might be something that. Uh, yeah, my GA now is really good. The stuff's working. You know, working on the, the highlight intro uh real for next year and stuff like that so shout out to wellington Abusia. he's an awesome member of our staff that's guy i'll have to talk with him then if he's good at intro videos maybe we'll have to link up um so for ouaz it was a, a day one program a day one project that you said you're really excited about obviously there were some aspects probably not as exciting naming 
constantly uh, playing and practicing in a high school gym. But for you, Kyle, you were coaching at Oklahoma City University and having great success. Taryn, you were coaching great volleyball um, in Oklahoma in the club circuit. Why decide to leave the comfort of um, what then, as you were building, was home, building great success in volleyball, to come to a very much unknown in a city an hour away from downtown Phoenix? Well, yeah, it very literally home for my assistant slash wife here. She is born and raised about 20 minutes from Oklahoma City and lived there for 30 years. And so, um, and we lived about a mile from my parents. Yeah, yeah. So it's very hard for And to add, a lot of people don't know too that, you know, that last year we went 33 and three or at OCU. Um, you know, she has been my volunteer for those three years too, even though she was you know, coaching club and teaching school. But, um, I didn't have any seniors on that roster. <laughs> so we literally had everybody back uh, from a deep national tournament run team uh, that went 33 and three and we were bringing back literally everybody. Um, and I honestly chose to leave that and come here. Um, and I think, you know, when a lot of people don't know, I was actually born in Phoenix too. So this is technically home, even though I haven't lived here, uh, you know, half the time I've lived you know, in Oklahoma City, but um, you know, I listen to people like Dennis Tyner um, talk and the vision that they had for this place. Uh, when you hear things like flex term scheduling, when you hear things like PGDs and Spirit Life uh, and and doing things that are more innovative than any other university uh, in, in the entire country and just saying, that's a way I would have wanted to go to school. Um, and I think getting back to the men's side was also, you know, appetizing for me too. Uh, you know, having you know been coaching winning for you know what nine years before that, but um, you know that was part of it. But uh, the bigger part was the vision of the entire university. And I think um, you know I think I've kind of you know gone three years here, gone three years there, and kind of you know, job hops like that, just trying to build a build a resume and build a career. And I think when we took this, we were like, we've got to give we've got to give this a fair shot. This can't be a three and try to parlay it to something better. And I think that's been the cool part is that, you know, we're not in a hurry to do anything else. I mean, we're, we're enjoying where we are. We enjoy the, the church that we go to and where our kids go to school and the neighborhood we live in. And all that's a, a plus next to a university that's grown exponentially in three years. Uh, and only to see a vision that you hear people talk about and uh, you go, okay, well, let's see. And then you see all these coaches just get on board right away and populate this thing like you wouldn't believe. Um, and, and, you know, now we're the regular student side is coming along to you. And just to see this vision that, you know, I'm, I'm listening to in an interview going, yes, but I, I believe you. And I think you're convicted when you're saying this, but let's see. Uh, and I think it's just been an awesome thing, but that's, really the reason I took the job is because I could see myself wanting to go to school in a place like that in an area like we live in. Um, yeah, it's a little bit from downtown, but we're in a, such a nice area of Arizona, you know, being, you know, four and a half, five hours from the beach in California or two hours from Flagstaff and nothing about this city is gated. You know, I feel pretty comfortable leaving my front door unlocked and surprised. And so uh, it's uh it's just kind of a, a very unique feel and a and unique, and it was a unique opportunity for my family to, to come out and experience something new and grow as a, as a family. And I think we've done that and we're, we're excited to see where, what the next three years looks like and uh, 
part of it. Uh, they allow me to stay around. So. <laughs> well, if you keep winning at the rate you do and you bring home national championships, it'd be uh, kind of hard to, to ask you to leave. So um, for you two, uh, the husband and wife coaching team at OUAZ, what is the story of how you two met and how did you guys get to the point where you guys are building what hopefully is going to be the powerhouse of men's volleyball in the NAI? Of course, we met, we met, well, playing volleyball. So I, I came to very volleyball very late in life. And so I was you know, 17, 18 years old and really starting to get into playing a lot of beach and um, wanting to be uh, more competitive. Uh, though living in Oklahoma City at the time, it was not you know ideal place to, to play volleyball, obviously, with only one high school in the entire state carrying it and not really a club system at that point. And so, um, you know, I play a lot of beach with a lot of older guys and, I was signed up to play a co-ed beach devils tournament. Um, and I had a partner, uh, I don't even remember who it was now, but uh, back out on me like the day before. And one of my really good friends who's a long time division two uh, head coach on the women's side uh, was at university of central Oklahoma at the time and said, Hey, I got this girl on my club team. She's uh, about to turn 17, uh, but she's pretty legit. You should give her a call. And I did. Which he didn't know <laughs> that it was, at, we had actually met like, two weeks prior yeah, to right, that yeah. at Whitewater as a lifeguard. And I mean, it was really like short passing through right. like a friend, just like probably a forgettable experience. But um, <laughs> so he didn't realize that like I was the same person even at the time. And then so he called me randomly out of the middle of the nowhere. And it was actually my 17th birthday, the day that the tournament was. And my parents were pretty strict and the tournament started at eight o'clock at night and went till like three in the morning. And I just was certain there was no way they were going to let me go play at this tournament with some random guy. I bet they regret that. I, I know. I bet they regret that now. But, <laughs> well, if it's what you really want to do for your birthday, then we'll let you go. But we're going to stop by and make sure everything's okay. And yeah. so that's kind of how we met. And yeah. I mean, I, I think we took third in the tournament. Yeah. But I was pretty terrible at the time. <laughs> she was seven. I've never played so, sand yeah, before. Never so. Sand before so. But, yeah. We were friends for. I don't know, nine months, ten months, yeah. almost a year before we kind of started dating. And, but um, our whole relationship pretty much centered around volleyball. Like yeah. it's just been our common interest from day one. And yeah. we we played in tournaments together, coached together in yeah. club. And, we're, on, we're on a beach club. Yeah. Coached indoors with teams. And, so, and then like he said, I was his volunteer assistant once he took the job at OCU because he, he didn't have an assistant and I just like to be a part of it. And, be around. I mean, I was at every game anyway because I'm a big yeah. fan. But I think we've seen, you know, we've seen it be success, whether it be at Texas A&M or other places, you know, where you're seeing more husband and wife duos all over the country now. It's kind of almost a weird mainstay in volleyball now. But uh, you know, I think we had visions of doing this down the road sometimes. Maybe, maybe when the kids got older, you know, um, when life got, got slowed down a little bit, they, I think this was the ultimate dream was to just build something and coach together. And uh, I actually didn't think I was going to have a, a full-time assistant when I took the job. I thought I was just going to be a GA. And so when they added that position and you know, knowing that we're going to have bigger rosters and whatnot, uh, you know, I think I interviewed, you know, five or six guys. And at the end of the day, I was, I was like, we want to do this now. Is this the time to do it? Uh, rather than wait till the kids are older. And I think we went back and forth, you know, for yeah. two or three weeks, just, you know, and just praying about it and trying to figure out if 
is this the time and will this work? And uh, well, all the, all the I mean, shows, the but... whole praying thing, God pretty much answered our question because yeah. I was supposed to start a teaching job literally like the day that he found out about the coaching position and then that fell through because they didn't actually end up needing that position at the school and so I was like scrambling looking for a teaching job and then you had that yeah. you didn't like any of your interviews and so it was just like you know what this is all these things are saying yeah. it's time it's and yeah. so and we kind of like to spend a lot of time together we're weird like to hang out <laughs> it's been good and, uh, it's been good for the guys too to have you know it's funny they call us coach and mrs coach so uh, <laughs> you know just uh you know we, we want to we love the family dynamic obviously we have a big family and we want our team to feel like that too and it literally uh, obviously feels like that with the both of us but uh, you know i hope hope they learn something uh, one way or another uh, before they leave and, both of us having such unique perspectives so now i'll give you a chance to for both of you to promote both of your volleyball skills uh both of you mentioned you played beach in the past uh, another husband and wife coaching team at ouaz the carvalos Haley and brian and then you go over to the indoor women's side with uh Kristen and uh tyler if you three were to have a round robin beach volleyball you know kind of tournament for lack of a better word who would win? I mean, are we talking like all of us are actually in shape or as is now right, right now? now. <laughs> as, as of right now, we go out and we find the nearest beach volleyball court and just oh, throw the ball in. No We're winning, no doubt. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it would be, I'm it way would, too competitive to lose. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't, I'd find a way. I'd be like. It would be very interesting because both of the other tandems, the woman would be blocking in that, yeah, in that scenario. That's so true. because they're the, the, the taller player on both the other side. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty out of shape and don't play much anymore. So, uh, nah. Taryn, Taryn might will us, but it wouldn't be because of me at all. No, nah, Haley probably will us. So, yeah, but Haley, that's yeah. Haley is kind of a She's yeah. kind of a beast. So. But I like to think we would win <laughs> in my mind. We'll have to find. Maybe we should have made that a part of our OUAC tailgate yeah. that's coming up on Saturday. Somebody get hurt. That's what well, no, I will say in our first year, we did do a beach tournament with our boys, and we were the victors. So, I mean, we had one less kid at that time too. We did. I, I was only on the anniversary. Yeah. So watching, watching indoor guys try to play stand for the first time is pretty fun. Is it like they had concrete shoes on? Yeah, you know, especially the, the long ones, you know. Little blockers are fun to walk. Ball, yeah. ball control becomes a real big issue real fast in the same too, and they realize they didn't have a lot. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to find out if your team has the ball control or not, right? <laughs> we do a lot of that in the fall. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of that in the fall, kind of get some beach yeah. days. And beach house over in uh, Peoria has been real good to us, and obviously that's where our sanction trains, you know, exclusively and they let us come in and get some workouts in the sand some jump training and play some doubles and stuff so it's been, been good for the guys so you mentioned family before with your team and and OUAZ just up in the offices in the coaching aspect it's pretty family oriented right I mean anytime there's a game uh, it seems like there's 20 kids running around and uh, all I know is uh, they're not mine. I don't know whose they are but <laughs> I'm not taking any of them home but what is it like <laughs> That's right. I, but what is it like to have that family atmosphere? Kyle, your dad is uh, the athletic director, Kevin Steele. Um, 
you know, families just being welcomed. You, you can see any family pretty much any time up in the office at any time of day and everybody's happy to see, you know, wives and husbands and significant others and children. What is that like to have that family atmosphere and, and it really to be open and a, a place that your kids can grow up and, and make friends and feel like you guys are welp- welcomed in the community? Yeah, I think that's a huge staple of why we love it here so much. Um, I mean, you I mean, even just pick on, you know, football here. You go to a football game and there's, you know, seven of us families sitting behind the north end zone fence, you know, just out there in our lawn chairs. And there's probably 30 to 35 kids running around, you know, um, and seeing that and uh, having a, it all kind of be a common, uh, you know, ground for us to, to come. But yeah, I think we... I think that's one of the things that we do a great job of supporting each other, whether you know, it's basketball, volleyball, water polo, um, baseball, soccer. You know, I think, um, you know, it's, it's been funny because I'm, I feel like one of the older guys, you know, I'm only 35, but I feel like, you know, we see, you know, the gals having kids while we're here and the Kellers, and, you know, people having their first, second, maybe second or third kid while they're here, you know, Keeleys and Hepkers. And, yeah, we have a 13 year old, so I feel like you know, we've been doing this a while, but it's just fun to see all, all these people kind of going through similar things that you're going through and, and being able to talk. And some of us are in a small group together through CCP. It's been uh, awesome to get to know even more through that. But, um, you know, I think that's the, that's the big um, selling point for OUAZ and, and especially the coaching staff. I've never been. Uh, or work at a school where programs support other programs like this. I think, you know, we, you know, try to make it to one game or something, uh, you know, every other workplace I've been. And I think I was the youngest coach at OCU by like 20 years. So uh, until basketball coach got hired, but kind of a, kind of a funny thing to, you know, go from, you know, places where you kind of stay in your lane and just worry about your program and do your thing and kind of go home and be separate to where, you know, I think, most of us live in Surprise, you know, two or three miles from the school, and we all kind of operate in the community and, you know, being bought into the university and the, and the city of Surprise and the, and the local churches and uh, you know, seeing that and a lot of our kids go to school together. It's just, uh, it's a very, very unique, but very, very awesome uh, thing to be a part of. Yeah, we've got our kids, we have like four families from the staff that live just in our neighborhood here and then Kyle uh, coached the youth volleyball team with the Keeleys and the Hepkers' daughter, and they uh, Fishers. You know, and the Fishers, that's right. And so there's, I say, our eight-year-old daughter, her best friends are daughters from the staff, and so it's just an awesome thing to watch them grow up with each other, and they're gonna always have these memories of hanging out and going to the games, and it's really cool. They can't wait for football season. They can't. That's the, every time. When's the next football game, Mom? Well, hopefully it's soon. Uh, yeah. They're ready. I think ready. Uh, we're all ready. So um, I know you guys are probably ready to get back on the court. So um, when you look at your program accomplishments so far, an NCCA national championship competing in maybe the best conference uh, in the entire NAIA and, and just racking up wins year after year for you two, what does next year have to look like in order to consider it a success and a step forward in this growing program? Um, you know, for me, 
you know, I think we talked about, you know, peaking in late March, early April is, is for on the court success is what we always, we want to be better in late March than we were in February, than we were in January, than we were in August. And I think making that gradual incline to the end uh, and having a chance to play our best volleyball at the time that matters most uh, always seems to be an important for us. But I think bigger than that, our, our staple is our player development. Um, and we want the experience. I don't care if you're first or 30th on the roster. Um, you know, we're going to show you tape from August and we're going to show you tape in January. We're going to show you tape in, in April. And those three tapes are going to be significantly different. And we spend a lot of time um, um, you know, working on that. And so, you know, having the, the bigger coaching staff is nice. And, um, you know, knowing that we're going to spend time in developing our players. And I think that becomes um, more mental coaching than physical sometimes. Uh, and, we, you know, you know, you know uh, kind of all coaches have to be, uh, pseudo, you know, psychologists at sometimes, you know, to try to uh, you know, motivate, do things and get the most out of your players. But, um, you know, for us, we just want everybody to leave in April knowing when the, that they're in a much better place than when they came in in August on and off the court. Yeah. Uh, and if we can influence people like that um, and, and build on that year to year to year, um, I think the wins will come. Uh, and I think I'm a, I'm a big believer and we're a big believer in the 1% process and we just try to come in and get 1% better every day. But um, you know, our, our goal is to leave it better than we found it. Uh, and that's uh, every single year and every single player uh, will spend time uh, making sure that uh, you know, no matter what, each one of our players develops somehow, you know, whether they played every point or only played a handful, we want them. Uh, to have the confidence uh, to know that they got better, that, to know that they've been pushed, to know that they are a better person uh, when they leave the program. That player development is going to be a key for us next year because we are looking to fill, you know, some some roles on the team. And then I would think if you, you know, truly asked us if at the end of the year we better make that conference term. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's if we're not if we're not there in April, we're gonna we're going to be disappointed and sure. that's uh so that's a that's a big yeah our conference tournament's only four teams and that's how it always has been even you know we'll have, we had eight or ten teams this last year and it was you know, still four teams so yeah. you know being the gsec will look a little different this next year but uh, you know being one of those top four teams um, come the end of march i think that that's important to us uh, and uh, I'm excited for the leadership that we have in place we've got some some really quality guys that are returning that understand what it, what it takes and what it looks like um, and they're willing to be the example and not just the, the guy barking orders and I think that's uh, important for us and then I again we can't stress enough we're excited for this group of guys coming in too so well as you mentioned uh, conference tournament's a huge goal for you guys and hopefully next year not only you one of the top four teams but uh, you can host the first of many uh, GSAC conference tournaments uh, for men's volleyball down the road. So it would be, um, nice. be awesome. I think we went to a higher, it hasn't been approved yet, but we've gone to a, a higher seed host model. So if we can finish one or two, we'll at least host one tournament yeah. game, which would be, that would be huge uh, to get a postseason environment uh, in Faith Arena and the Odell Center. Uh, that would be awesome.
Well, uh, we're looking forward to next season. And another thing we're looking forward to on Saturday is the OUAZ tailgate. Um, a little spoiler, you two made uh, some great barbecue. I won't say exactly, but uh, <laughs> made amazing barbecue. And uh, I ha got a chance to look at it. So I know the next time I need barbecue, uh, what house to uh, yeah. show up at. So uh, for you guys, what are you uh, most looking forward to come Saturday for the tailgate? Uh, just looking forward to uh, excitement centered around athletics. I mean, we, you know, I mean, besides the Jordan documentary, there hasn't been jack on TV, and so we're uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting some excitement built centered around athletics. We know that you know sports are such a big part of our lives, no matter what sport it is, uh, and we know that that's how we uh, you know learn life lessons and get to teach life lessons, but. At the end of the day, man, we, we are looking forward to see all this positive energy and positive um, things going around, centered around athletics, and specifically our athletic department. And I think this is something, you know, obviously you and Josh are a big part of putting this together, and uh, we're excited to see the result of it. And I don't think anybody, I don't know anybody at our level doing this. And so we're, uh, we're excited to be, again, a, a trailblazer in this and see, you know, what comes out of it. And I think it's going to be great content, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, – you know, what Kari's got put together and hopefully Coach Nesbitt doing a dance or yeah. something, you know, we're, we're excited. To... <laughs> so we, we made our kids uh, dress up and, you know, help us out with our creation of our video. And they were like, what is this for, Mom? And we, you know, we're trying to explain it. And like, so we get to watch it? I was like, yeah. And, and you know, they're, so they're excited because they know everybody and know who all, you know, all the sports are. And so they're excited to watch it. And I told them, I. I cook some food and there's recipes and our oldest daughter loves to cook. So she's all excited about that. So it's just going to be a fun day for our family to hang out and, you know, just appreciate the place that we love so much yeah. and, uh, and take a look inside their programs and get to know them better. So that's exciting. Get excited for the upcoming year. That's good. Uh, we're excited for Saturday. We're excited for the upcoming year. Uh, Kyle and Taryn, I really appreciate your time and being yeah, guests on the Founders Podcast. Yeah, so. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate you, Seth. You're doing yes. an awesome job. Thank so you keep very it up. Anytime you need us. Happy to have you a part of the OUAZ family. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Like uh, you said, we're trying to trailblaze everything and um, just trying to tell the stories along the way. So, Kyle and Taryn, thanks again, and I uh, look forward to talking to you soon. All right. All right, bye. Yeah.